When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am, you had better. Well, let's get them up, get them going. It's Thursday on Hook Em Up with Ian Rod B. Big conversations, five hours of big conversations begin right now. We appreciate you being there wherever you find us. For the first time this week, it's not freezing outside right now. 38 degrees in Austin, Texas, as uh, you are up and out. So the freezing Arctic air has moved on. Be almost 70 degrees today. Maybe hit 70 degrees in some areas on this Thursday morning. It's going to be a busy one, though, outside of the fact that the uh, Arctic air has moved on. A lot of disappointment this morning. Uh, we'll talk about a disappointing night on the basketball floor of a Moody Center for the Longhorns, and they are tumbling in the Big 12. Also, disappointing news out of the Metroplex last night from Jerry Jones for Cowboys fans. Also, a pretty disappointing night on the hardwood in the NBA for the Texas Trio. We've got a lot to do. There's also uh, excitement about the divisional playoff weekend. Uh, four games, eight teams, including the Houston Texans. We'll preview those games Saturday and Sunday in the NFL uh, throughout the course of our five-hour conversation. Also, Longhorn News. Longhorn's hosting a top cornerback prospect in the portal. I'll get you details on that as well as the uh, pursuit of talent never ends for the Longhorns, it appears, as they're continuing to add to their 2024 roster coming off a very successful 2023 campaign. It's going to be a busy five hours. It begins right now. And as we say, appreciate you finding us however you can, however long you can on 1019. Also AM 1260, always streaming for you. Make it so simple with that Horn app. Download it to your smartphone. You've got us with a touch of a button uh, right there on your smartphone at uh, the Horn app. Also, always streaming live and local uh, and digital all over the world at hornfm.com. He's rolled into the uh, South Austin Onion Creek compound as usual, ready to roll. He is our shutdown corner, ready to uh, shut it down for five hours this morning. He is out of the 713 DB High down in Houston, Texas. Also out of DBU right here in the 512, a lifetime Longhorn, four years in the NFL, 16 years doing great stuff on media and radio here in Austin, Texas and beyond. He is uh, Black Stradamus, the football theorist, the proud papa of Baby Monroe. How are you, Rod Babers? I'm doing great. I appreciate the intro, and uh, yeah, glad that the uh, I don't know the the moderate weather is back, and uh, we're done with the extreme cold. Uh, also, uh, ready to talk about a lot of uh, uh, playoff football, and I know there are some Cowboys fans that are disappointed. So yes, I told you yesterday. I told y'all. I said I'm feeling Mike McCarthy coming back. Period. There's a lot of talk about the Cowboys making changes. As soon as I heard there was a meeting that we're going to talk about it, I was like, he's coming back. Yeah, because if you if you're gonna fire him, you don't need to talk about anything. Yeah, you're already made your, Sunday in the locker yeah, room. Yeah, exactly. You may you watch that game and you made your mind up. You're like throughout throughout watching that game, if you had made your mind up and you still needed to think about it, he was coming back. Yeah. To is. me, that was that the reaction should have been almost an immediate, urgent reaction. It was not. He wanted, and I'm glad he did. By the way, it's good for him. He's thinking about it in a more rational way. He's trying to be reasonable about things. He doesn't want emotion. To drive the decision, I get all those things. But that's why I was like, he's coming back. 
Yeah. Because Jerry didn't have a plan, guys. He did not. Jerry did not anticipate losing that wild card game. And thus, without it, he had anticipated, he thought, okay, we'll at least make it to the divisional round. And I'll see where we go from there. Maybe then I'll start thinking about coaching changes, the possibility of, you know, looking, uh, you know, obviously starting a coaching search. No, he didn't entertain that because he had no plan. And this is part of the issue with the Cowboys. Uh, part of the many, but you're right. I mean, he's the ultimate salesman, right? We talked about the owner that he is, the marketer that he is. Yeah. Cowboys with all of the um, you know, quarter century of, you know, low achievement. Still America's team, still get the great ratings, still got a lot of eyeballs more than anybody else. But uh, and that's because Jerry sells. And to, to your point, and we'll read from the statement coming up that uh, Jerry Jones issued last night that is disappointing to most Cowboys fans, um, but might be the, the proper move. Uh, we'll also talk about the disappointment from the Irwin Center, or the Irwin Center, the Moody. That's the first time I've done that in a long time. Yeah. Well, it looked the, like they were playing in the looked like they were playing in the morgue. like they were playing in the morgue. Longhorn basketball, disappointing. And then controversy at the end. Rodney Terry not mad at his team, mad at Central Florida. Oh, for horns man. down. We'll get to that and let you hear from the coach. Okay. Uh, but on the Jerry Jones thing, I think you're, you're as usual, spot on. I mean, there's just uh, – he, he didn't anticipate this. And, you know, Jerry's all about selling. He's selling hope. He's not selling championships because they don't win championships anymore. Yeah. They don't even play for championships anymore. Uh, he sells hope. And, you know, if you had played to the division championship, you know, the conference championship, I should say, coming off a division championship, you can sell that. You, know, yep. you could sell, oh, we won We're two right playoff there. games. Mike McCarthy's this close. Getting better. Didn't anticipate getting smashed at home by the nine, the seven seed. Um, but, you know, he's still going to try to sell this. But I think that's going to fall on deaf ears for a lot of Cowboys fans. You wonder the reaction because you can't sell stay the course with Mike McCarthy to the fans. I mean, it might be the right move because of his – you know, yeah. he and he and Dak Prescott designed this offense. Um, you know, Dak Prescott had his best year. Now, there's a lot of reasons to keep him, but at the same time, a lot of Cowboys fans are thinking, wait, there's really good coaches, Hall of Fame coaches available, uh, and it's you're going to stay the course with the Mike McCarthy? best pool of coaching candidates that we've seen in the NFL probably in the last 30 years. Yeah, you don't have to trade for anybody. Yeah, <laughs> Mike Vrabel's out there. You Belichick's have to beg someone there. to come. I mean, you've you yeah. got guys on the street who are going young, to the Hall of Fame. The young up-and-comers who are out there, too. And Jim Harbaugh's out there, who's a damn good yeah, ball this coach. Is a, this is a hard sell. This yeah. is a hard sell, Rod. Yeah. But, again, we, I think we know the reason that you just laid it out. They yeah. didn't have a plan. He didn't have a plan. He didn't, he didn't think about this. I don't know why. I would have been thinking about it going into the season. Like, okay, if Mike McCarthy fails to meet expectation, what am I going to do? And now, like you said, the job is even – it's even easier, as I just said, because the pool of candidates, there's no way he anticipated Vrabel being available. There's no way he anticipated Jim Harbaugh potentially stepping up. There's no way he anticipated Belichick being out there. All those things, and yet still – you stand with Mike McCarthy. And by the way, all this is not Mike McCarthy's fault, but it is his responsibility. Yeah, it's his job. It's his job to have that <laughs> team ready to play on yeah. Sunday, uh, execute better than they did, not get pantsed by a, you know, a young, the youngest team in the NFL, oh, the Green Bay Packers. Um, so, yeah. I, I heard a stat yesterday, Rod, as people are still parsing through the numbers of this game. Uh, Packers are the youngest team ever to win a road playoff game. Wow. Youngest roster ever to win a road playoff game. Whoa. Yeah. Um, Ooh, that, that just smacks you in the face. First is, time starter at quarterback, oh, too. Yeah. <laughs> go through their roster. I mean, they are they have completely moved through the Aaron Rodgers era. Oh, yeah. You know, 90% of their roster are first, second, or third-year players. Rebuild completed. And that's Rebuild why the down. Packers are kind of excited going to San Francisco because those guys don't have that scar tissue of all these losses they've had to the Niners. That's true. They're new. They're, They're brand new. new to this thing. They don't Ign even know any better. Ignorance is bliss to <laughs> yeah. those guys. They have I mean, no idea. The guys who lost to the Niners with Aaron Rodgers as quarterback over and over, they're gone. They've moved on. And you give – that's an organization that knows how to 
Oh, you guys, GM Brian Gutenkunst? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, got looking to the future. He took all the heat because of the way he handled the Aaron Rodgers thing. Yeah, but and drafted Jordan Love early, and now, oh, looks like that was the right move. That's what a GM's supposed to do. And He's doing what's like, best for the organization, not what's best for – not what the fans want him to do yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, what, a, what a frustrating thing. Well, let's uh, get – Before we get started, shout yeah, out to those who do. serve. We do it every morning. Don't want to forget about that because those folks out there, uh, they're doing God's work, whether it be God, country, or community. You serve our society built on the selflessness of service, so we appreciate each and every one of you. Just want to throw that out there every morning um, because I know we can't say thank you enough. Well, let's also uh, remind you, if you want to weigh in on any of these conversations, and they'll be plentiful this morning, hit us on the text line, 512-447-3776. That's how you get to us. Also, Ty Henderson will weigh in. Ty Henderson was at the basketball game last night. Let me just say our producer actually – you know, sunk his own money into three tickets at Moody Center. Actually, bought his own. I was like, "How'd you get into the game?" He's like, "Oh, I just bought some tickets." That guy never buys tickets. No, no, he always well, gets the hookup. Yeah, he's got. Well, but then sometimes you got to be a general consumer. Well, I buy know. Some, buy some ducats and uh, that's jump the, on in there. That's the result, though, when you finally and decide feel, to shell out some bread. And I feel bad for Ty. He's never he had never been to a men's game at the Moody Center. Mm. That was his first one. That's not a good way to start. Mm, I'd rather well, see the women. Honestly, oh my gosh! Let's start right there uh, and get you caught up on that frustrating night, and then get into the Rodney Terry side of it, the Cowboys side of it. Man, big trade in the NBA yesterday, but also not a good night for the Texas team. <laughs> let's get to all the headlines. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories, and yeah, college basketball tremendously disappointing home loss for the Longhorns last night. Texas welcomed Big Twelve newcomer Central Florida Moody Center, and both teams looking to even their conference market two and two. Longhorns came out great on fire, opened up the game on a twenty-two-six run, led by twelve at the half, remained up as many as thirteen with twelve minutes to go. That's when they went to sleep and the wheels came off. Central Florida ratcheted up their defensive intensity, went on a 17-3 run that was fueled by six Longhorn turnovers and poor shot selection, quite honestly. Knights ultimately outscored the Longhorns 45-27 in the second half, finished the game on a 24-9 run, held Texas to four made shots in the final 12 minutes, all from three-point range, and route to a 77-71 win. Rodney Terry's Longhorns tumbled to 0-2 at home, 1-3 overall in Big 12 Conference play. Consider this, folks, their next six games come against Big 12 Conference teams that are ranked in the top 25. That starts with ninth-ranked Baylor this Saturday at Moody Center. Game tips at 11 a.m. Also in the Big 12 last night, fifth-ranked Houston. Welcome to 25th-ranked Texas Tech to H-Town and gave the Red Raiders their first conference loss, 77-54. Also in Norman, 15th-ranked Oklahoma rolled past West Virginia, 77-63. NFL major news from the Metroplex last night. As we've already discussed, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones announced via a statement that he is going to keep Mike McCarthy. He will return for a fifth and final season under his current deal. In a statement released following a day of face-to-face conversations, Jerry Jones said, quote, I believe this team is very close and capable of achieving our ultimate goals, and the best step forward for us will be with Mike McCarthy as our head coach. He added that this is a this great this is great benefit to continue. There is great benefit, I should say, to continuing the team's progress under Mike's leadership as our head coach. The decision comes on the heels of the team's latest crushing postseason exit, a 48-32 blowout loss to the seven-seeded Green Bay Packers in Arlington on Sunday. It's a loss that ran McCarthy's postseason record with Dallas to one and three. Also ran Dallas' streak of playoff appearances without reaching the conference championship game to 13. Big trade consummated in the NBA yesterday. The Indiana Pacers have acquired Raptors forward Pascal Siakam as part of a three-team deal. Also includes New Orleans. 29-year-old Siakam averages over 22 points a game, over six boards in 39 with Toronto. He now joins all-star guard Tyrese Hunter or Tyrese Halliburton on the league's highest scoring offense. Rough night on the floor for the Texas trio. Spurs got rolled in Boston. Mavericks got rolled in L.A. by the Lakers. And Houston got rolled by the Knicks in New York.
Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. Topgun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Uh, and the I think if you're a Cowboys fan, what's even more if you're if you're anti Mike McCarthy, um, I think what's even more troubling is that man the Philadelphia Eagles still could make a move. And they're going to make moves regardless. Bill Belichick on line one. Uh, yeah, they're going to make moves regardless because they're going to bring in new coordinators anyway. They're going to have an overhaul. If they keep Nick Sirianni at the top, there will be an overhaul right beneath him with the coaching staff. Uh, but if they bring in Bill Belichick, which Yo. has been rumored and reported, you got your quarterback in place. Uh, we talked about it. They're kind of missing just kind of some simple – uh, football solutions <laughs> and adjustments like uh, ways to beat the blitz. Uh, they're back in their coverage. They got a lot of holes in coverage. Their coverages don't sync up with their uh, fronts and pressure packages often or not coordinated really. That's coordination for your coordinators uh, uh, with your back end and with the coverage and the front. So that's something Bill Belichick can easily come in and fix and you got a hell of a GM with him. That would be even more concerning. I mean, Mike McCarthy, he's showing you he's going to win 12 games. And you're going to make it to the playoffs. Give yourself a shot, at least in the postseason. You're not supposed to lose in the wild card. But most of the time, you make it to the divisional round. you got to replace Dan Quinn. But if the Eagles kind of bring in a Belichick who can fix some of their most urgent issues, that would be scary in that division. There's no doubt. Well, and to your point of Howie Roseman, their general manager, and Jeffrey Lurie, the owner, that they do act with urgency. That's a good word. Yeah, they don't mess around. You know, they're not going to mess around. I mean, whereas Jerry Jones seems to be kind of messing around, but it's his own doing because, as we've talked about, and if we want to be pragmatic about it, you know, you've so linked your quarterback with your coach, and you've also given Dan Quinn so much control of the defense, which, you know, these are seemingly good things, but at the same time, when they don't work, well, now Dan Quinn could be on his way to Seattle. Um, You know, he's – You've rebuilt your defense with the personnel that fit what he wants to do. So now if he does leave and maybe take some of the assistant coaches with him, you've got to rebuild your defensive staff and find someone who's similar in mindset or else, you know, we talk about this in college football, Rod, a lot if you, if you move on from one defensive coordinator who plays one style, you hire another one, well, now you've got to recruit to that style, right, mm-hmm. or whatever. You, you take. Pete Kukowski's still trying to get his guys in here that fit what he really wants to do with the defense. He had to work with what was here when he got here at Texas. You know, if you if Dan Quinn leaves, now you're left with uh, well, now you got to go find a Dan Quinn devotee that can kind of do what he does. But he's on the on the yeah, kind of the, the forefront nobody, of all that. Nobody really does what Dan Quinn does, and that's you know, I think you can bring in a coach that can salvage or help bridge the defense from one system to another. But, yeah, I mean, that's just going to be a challenge because his defense is really unique in the hybrid he likes to use. And he uses three safeties more than any other team in the league. He uses dime defense more than any other team in the league. The guy wasn't need to draft more linebackers anyway. I mean, that's what got him in trouble this year was linebackers and run-stopping uh, defenders. They don't have enough of those on defense. That was kind of one of the holes in the construction of the, kind of the architecture of Dan Quinn's defense. But, yeah, the Cowboys, you know, I think Jerry Jones saw that was basically um, path of least resistance kind of stuff here. It's just this was the easy route. The easy route was just to keep him. And if he had been, um, I think, a little bit more forward thinking, um, a little bit more proactive, uh, yeah, he might have had a plan in place already thinking, okay, you know what, I'll, I have a guy that can come in and run this Dak-friendly offense just like Mike McCarthy did or a little bit better. Um, he, he didn't really have an answer to that. And by the way, Mike McCarthy, this probably is the best course of action considering that he had no plan. 
you should at least have a plan. And I don't know why you wouldn't have a plan or you could, like I said, at least interview or, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I thought, like I said, once he didn't make the decision at the time, I knew that Mike McCarthy was coming back because that means he didn't have a plan. And if you don't have a plan, then other, otherwise you're making a panic decision. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'll give him Patriots credit for that. Patriots had a plan of secession before <laughs> the season started. Over, yeah. <laughs> and That's their Bay. owner, right? He's like, they got a plan. Trust me, Howard Roseman right now, he has, if he's, gonna, he's got a plan. He's got a plan right well, now for what he's going to yeah. do with Nick Sirianni. Well, I would say this for Philadelphia. They do act with more urgency, but at the same time, much like the Cowboys, you know, Howie Roseman, I'm assuming, didn't anticipate a collapse like this that his no. team I'm thir- I'm assuming through December he felt like his team could okay we'll we'll have a bad stretch but we're going to we're going to rise up where we need to but the collapse was completed on Monday night with the loss to Tampa uh, Cowboys came out of the blue sudden should have been anticipated but at the same time Jerry Jones did not see that coming I don't think a lot of Cowboy fans saw that coming but now the bigger issues you got Mike McCarthy coming back it doesn't sound like they're going to give him a contract extension though so you have a lame duck coach who's come back to play out the coach out the final year of his deal. Mm. You've got the Cowboys with 19 pending free agents. That doesn't even include guys who aren't going to be free agents who need new deals like C.D. Lamb. And you've got to give Dak Prescott a new deal because he's a $50-plus million cap hit. The way his contract balloons this coming season, yeah. they've got to restructure it. Gotcha. So you've got real cap issues, 19 pending free agents, cal- ca- salary cap yeah. casualties. Got to replace Dan Quinn. Might have to replace Will McClay if he gets enough love. Yeah, you, Dan Quinn might try to – if he know where he goes. <laughs> yeah. You don't you, – th- th- we've talked about it since, since we got in on Monday, but this is not – this was the season to capitalize. We talked about going into the weekend. This is the year to be, be immediate and be urgent about it because the, with this pending cap situation was coming and your coaches and Dan Quinn situation coming, uh, and here we are. So uh, that's what I think you're seeing from Jerry. It's – it's, it's, it's a lack of urgency, but at the same time, it's kind of forced by what's the next best step. Because, you know, Bill Belichick can look at this and say, man, I don't want any of that cap mess. No <laughs> well, man, we're, that. I'm going to come in and regress. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least Mike McCarthy won 12 games in the division. Uh, it might not be – you're not going to be as talented next year with cap casualties and what's coming. And just the, the reality of, you know, playing in a capped league when you've been kind of pushing things down the road and the bill comes due. All right, we'll talk, 20, talk plenty of Cowboys uh, throughout the morning. Let me mention the, uh, the Longhorn basketball last night, Rod, and uh, Ty's thoughts from the, from the cheap seats. Uh, and there are no cheap seats in Moody, but uh, affordable. But, I mean, the, every seat's a great seat in Moody Center. What, what was your overall thought on the, uh, the arena, T.Y.? It was pretty sweet, right? Pretty great place to watch a basketball game. Yeah, I'd been there before um, working some women's games last year, but I hadn't been for a men's game. Like you said, there's not a really bad seat there. Um, it wasn't the most – Fun product to watch. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. I, I was pretty upset the in, pretty much the entire time. We missed the. Uh, we got there about five minutes into the first half, so we missed the the initial. Uh, the, probably the best basketball they played all, all night, and then from yeah. from then on, it was kind of downhill. Yeah, twenty two to six run to start the game. Uh, they looked like they had come out to play. They're looking to put that West Virginia loss on Saturday behind them. And uh, as we said going into that, Rod, you got to win your home games in the Big 12. You just do. I mean, if you're going to be a contender at all in the Big 12, you got to win at home. The road is not fun. It's tough to go on the road. Texas Tech found that out last night. Texas Tech was off to an undefeated start to Big 12 play. They went into Houston and got rolled. Houston had just lost their last two on the road at Iowa State and TCU. I mean, the road is not for the, for the, uh, for the weak-minded in the Big 12. No nights off. And you almost just have to anticipate you're going to take some road losses. It's just going to happen. But you have to win at home. I mean, or else you're going to be at the bottom of the conference, and that's where the Longhorns are right now. They've lost their first two home conference games uh, after what happened last night. And, you know, there's, it's not too, too much to call it a collapse. They were up 12 points with 13, or 13 points with 12 minutes to play. 
and it was Johnny Dawkins. Uh, Central Florida coached by the former Duke legend Johnny Dawkins, one of my favorite players growing up. And Johnny Dawkins' team ratcheted up their defensive intensity, uh, got in Texas's face, and Texas melted. Six, six turnovers later, just careless with the ball, led the breakout dunks. Uh, Texas then settling for bad shots on their end. And it was just a terrible last 10 minutes of basketball. It really, really was. I mean, it was – and they ended up winning. I mean, they were down by 13 with 12 to play, Rod, and won by six or seven points. I mean, they – and Texas you know, wasn't even a close buzzer beater kind of thing. They just stretched the lead, and Texas limped their way to their third conference loss already, and it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty, Mr. Mister Babers. Yeah. Um, I mean, you look at the stretch coming up. Like you said, there's no nights off in the Big 12. Six straight. Over the next six games, yeah, they're going to play all-ranked opponents because in the Big 12, it's just brutal. Brutal. Got Baylor, Oklahoma, BYU, Houston, TCU, Iowa State. I mean – where they are now, they got to go more than they got to go better than five hundred in that stretch, or else they're in or real trouble. Else, yeah. <laughs> well, look, let's else, be, let's be gotta, frank. I mean, it's only January the eighteenth, but I know, but this it, doesn't look like a tournament team right now. Yeah, especially in this conference. <laughs> yeah, because you're going to get beat up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you. So they might they might not be five hundred in conference play if they don't you know turn it around pretty quickly because as you pointed out, there there's not going to be an easy stretch. No, <laughs> in no. this conference, there's no way. There's no. There's, there's no relax. There's no period where you can kind of relax or you got time to figure things out. You got to figure it out on the fly right now. Right now, and and how about this quote from Dylan DeSue after the game? He's one of your best players, not your best player, uh, the Texas forward. He said, "I don't think there's." When asked what's wrong, he said, "I don't think there's anything wrong per se with us. Mm. We just need to figure out how to play as hard as we possibly can for 40 straight minutes. Yep. Once we do that, we'll have some more success." <laughs> Hmm. hmm, that seems like a November situation. Yeah, they got bench issues. Yeah. Uh, they got de- defensive issues because they really don't play defense. Um, and well, yeah, by the way, part of the, uh, the the second half spurt for Central Florida, they shot 54% from the floor. Yeah, so. <laughs> get a stop. Get a stop. Get a stop. They can't, they can't get a stop when it matters. Yeah, they got, they got some major and problems. And almost, right if you watched in Roger and Ty, you were there. I mean, if you're Johnny Dawkins and you're looking at your your team played lousy for the first 35, 40, or for the first 25, 30 minutes of the game, the game changed when you guys started playing better. This is about us, guys. And that's what the other coach is saying. What are you guys doing? Uh, and it really was the Theo Horton, right? IT Horton, who came from Central Florida through the transfer portal, he was the one that was on fire for Texas early. He had 15 first half points, and he played a really good game against his former teammates and uh, former team. And he kept – that was that – because what we've been talking about is Max Acemus is one thing, Dylan DeSue is another. You need some other options. You need some other guys contributing. Uh, they were getting it last night from Dylan Mitchell, getting it from um, Theo Horton. But in that final 10 minutes, I mean, that, to me, that stat that I gave with the six turnovers and 24-9 to nine to close it, the, the, the Longhorns were held in the final 12 minutes to four made baskets. All were three-pointers. That was it. Of their baskets in the last 12 minutes, they were all three-point makes. Yeah. That tells you they weren't being aggressive going to the basket. Uh, when they did, I'll give Central Florida credit. They blocked a lot of shots at the rim. Uh, I thought Dylan Mitchell on a couple of occasions went up kind of weak and got his shot blocked, and then he had one tipped away from him. Uh, they, don't, they don't play strong with the ball, Rod. They, that's why they give the turnovers up. They give up the ball a lot because uh, they're just not strong with the ball. They're not uh, – uh, just, just a little swipe and the ball comes out. Those are things that, you know, these are need to be worked on long ago. I mean, it's January. You're about to start the gauntlet of your conference schedule and um, that is not good. Let me play this for the folks, and you can weigh in, Rod. I know we've talked a lot about the horns down conversation, 
in many factors, many ways. But after the game, Central Florida was fired up. They were excited. They came all the way back. This is also a Central Florida team, Rod, that beat Kansas mm-hmm. this year. Uh, their first ever matchup at home with Kansas. They fell down 16 points in that game and beat Kansas. So they have big game ability. They are the ones that have even their market two and two. So they were fired up. And as they went through the handshake line, there were several Central Florida players doing the horns down. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty, pretty, you know, kind of in your face, horns down. They were excited uh, about getting a big road win. And uh, Rodney Terry, you know, got in their face a little bit. He got heated. He got, you know, don't be doing that, that kind of stuff. And here was Rodney Terry when asked about uh, what went on in the uh, handshake line after the ball game. You know, I'm a big believer in, uh, you know, you win the right way, you lose the right way. And, you know, I always tell my guys, you know, um, whether you win or lose, you win the right way. You lose the right way. You carry yourself the right way. You don't go through the handshake line or proud to get into the handshake line and have about six or seven guys putting the horns down. We don't do that, you know, because when you do those kind of things, it looks very classless, and it also looks like you were just hoping to win. We never go into games trying to hope to win. We go into games expecting to win. So we don't act like that, you know. We expect to win. We don't jump up and down act like we won a national championship. We sure don't step on anyone's home court deal and act crazy and try to show them up in any way. We don't do that. You know, so that's what I was angry about. And I was letting those guys know you don't do that. You know, you guys won. Hey, we shake, you know, shake your hand, tip our hat to you. But we're not going to let you act that way in our building. You're not going to do that. You're not going to put your horns down and do all that nonsense. You know, I'm going to. All right, so there's Rodney Terry. He's right. He is I mean, right. he's right. That's a classic thing. But the horns down is—it's only an insult when you lose, yeah. <laughs> and they don't do it when you win. They—they they, they rarely do it. They, I, it's rare that the opposing team is throwing the horns down when you beat them. Well, and Ty, you were there. I watched the game. I, I don't disagree with about sportsmanship, but at the same time, him going after those players like he did—if you, if you haven't seen the video. You know, he was pretty animated. Uh, but I think a lot of Longhorn fans would watch the game and say, yeah, they were a little bit classless, but at the same time, if your team had showed some fight in the last 10 minutes, you'd have won the game. Um, they had a right to be excited, and were they a little over the top with it? Potentially. But, man, the fight should have happened earlier. I mean, you know, we're not going to let you do that on our floor. Well, don't let them come in here and outscore you 24-9 to in the last 10 minutes. Uh, your team played with very little urgency when they needed to down the stretch. I mean, even as they were going past you and pulling away, there wasn't a lot of urgency on your side to, to prevent it from happening. Um, no identity, no leadership. Um, you know, who's going to step up and take big shots and make big shots and get defensive stops and block some shots? That didn't happen. And uh, it was a very lame, sleepwalky kind of performance for Texas. And that's a, you know, if they keep playing anywhere close to that, Rod, it's going to be a long next six games. And the Longhorns will be sitting at the bottom of the Big 12. Yeah, they'll be below 500 in conference play if they play like that. And, you know, I mean, like I said, he, he said all the right things, but – Except the horns down. It, it's it's a compliment when you win the game because only fans are doing it because they're mad and angry, throwing temper tantrums. Players and coach they don't do it when you beat them. They don't do it. Go go back and look at the history of it. They don't do it when you beat them. They they just hey, they give you respect and they move on. You lose. I'm not saying they get the right to do the horns down, but like you just said, that's why they're doing it. They won the game in your building. <laughs> in your building, yeah, you probably should have had a little bit more passion of getting on your own team during their late game collapse. So I, I get it. He's right, but um, it's a bad, it's a bad look. 
the optics of it because, once again, it feels like the Longhorns are whining about the horns down. When ultimately, I told you guys before the season started, you're going to get more of the horns down than ever, ever in before. the history of sports because you're going to get it because the Big 12 doesn't like you anymore on your way out on the farewell tour. And you're going to get it more than ever entering into the SEC because they're the most passionate fan base in the country. And the horns down, like I said, it's, it's basically the new middle finger of college football. So like I said, it's great free media, but you got to win. Yeah, you got to win. You got to win for it to be and, great free media. And you know, here's the other part. It wasn't even like it was upsetting the tech, the the Texas players when it was happening in their face because they the, know they're like we lost. Yeah, it was the coach who got <laughs> mad about it. He came from the bench and be like, hey, don't be doing that. The players were just like, oh, whatever. You know, yeah. it's like, or maybe he wanted one of the did he want one of the players to step I, up and do it. I would think so. Maybe he's like, that's why I had to do it I because know, our players building. are getting mad about because look, because I, I would well, give Rodney this. You do not want an altercation at the lay in the handshake line. No. But that can lead to that. If a guy's in your face and you just yeah. lost and he's giving you the horns down, that can lead to a shove of some kind. And, um, you know, those are, those are, you know, intense moments and emotional moments. I get that 100%. Same time, your, your team kind of looked like they played. They were kind of like, hey, y'all. Yeah. Shake your hand, you know, whatever. That's, you know, what, where's the heart in this team? Where's the guts in this team? A lot of new players that have come in here. A lot of guys who wanted to go off to the NBA that have come back. Um, you know, who's yeah. your leader? Who's that's your leader a, that's that not going to let that happen? That's what I'm saying. I wonder what that – yeah, maybe it's just that. You know, it's Brock Cunningham, but at the same time, Brock Cunningham's 24 years old. He's, you know, I don't there, – there's, there's flaws on this roster. We know that. Um, that. That would be my assessment is why weren't the players more upset about it? Yeah. It's the like the Bo Davis rant. It's like, yeah, Bo Davis rant was inspirational for the fans. But, guys, it, the tragedy was it should have been a player. <laughs> that no player was that upset. Only the coach, the coach was like, guys, I didn't even go here. <laughs> I'm upset about my pride is hurt more than y'all. What are y'all doing? Y'all here laughing on the bus? By the way, it was Andre Sweat laughing. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, well, why are y'all not upset? And I think maybe maybe it was one of those moments where it's like, man, I got to step up and do something because my players, obviously, they're not hurt enough. Their pride's not hurt enough, and they're not insulted enough by that. So I'll just step up and say, hey, you don't do that here. Uh, and, uh, and again, Dylan DeSue saying, I don't think there's anything wrong with us per se. We just need to figure out how to play as hard as we possibly can for 40 straight minutes. Once we do that, we'll have some more success. Well, that well, step up and tell the team that. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're a leader. Step up and tell the team that. Hopefully that's what happened after the game. Well, they, this, could, this, this feels like one of those crossroads. I mean, you know, we say that after the losses, but uh, the West Virginia thing was bad enough. This one is another one you're 0-2 at home, and the two, two games you've lost at home were to unranked, unranked opponents. Unranked opponents. I mean, that's the first time that that's happened in Big 12 play for Texas, where they start the Big 12 play losing to unranked opponents, back-to-back games. Not good. Yeah. All right, we'll come back. Take your thoughts that. Uh, Cowboys fans disappointed, or are you? I mean, is there an argument? to be made that this is the right move for Jerry Jones or uh, just the move that had to be made or will be made. Also, the uh, behind the burn orange curtain, Longhorns football side of things, they're still in hot pursuit. Uh, some top talent out of the transfer portal. Details coming on that with Rod. Also, uh, some what the facts for the end of the hour. A lot of conversations, uh, disappointing outcomes last night. We'll get to all of them with you over the next uh, five hours. We're just getting warmed up. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rod. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Before the top of the hour, we'll hit our Thursday What the Facts segment. Some facts from around the uh, landscape you need to know about. Also, Rod, it may not be a fact that uh, Jason Kelsey is actually retiring from the NFL. Um, we'll get into this. but uh, Oh, he, he may change his mind? Well, so, of course, oh. after the uh, the game on Monday night when the Eagles' season ended in disappointing fashion, obviously collapsing fashion, when they lost to uh, Baker Mayfield and the Bucks, 
Um, a lot of reports came out that he told his teammates he was retiring, which uh, he may have. And uh, on the, the podcast he does with Travis Kelsey that was recorded yesterday, he made it seem like uh, he's not that he, he's going to take some time to think about it. He said anything that happens in those emotional moments after a game, um, I may have said some things, but uh, you know, I, I, I regret they got leaked to the media or got got to the media somehow. Uh, I'm going to take some time with it and think about it, uh, about my plan. So he okay. still could retire, but at the same time, it's not official that Jason Kelsey, but from his own words, is ready to step aside. And because you know, as a competitor, you, you don't, you don't, that, you, you probably don't, don't go want, out like that. You probably don't want that to be your last. You game. You don't want to go out like that. You don't want to go out in a downward spiral <laughs> where you lost six of seven games. Yeah, <laughs> complete I mean, collapse. That was one of the worst collapses in NFL history for a team that started out ten and one. I mean, you know, we've never really even seen anything like that. So I think he wants to at least go out in a more respectable manner. And least, that's, a, that's a team that was supposed to contend for the Super Bowl. Yeah. They were a favorite to get to the Super Bowl. And at least I – because mean, I think all the Eagles and kind of like the Cowboys are left to, like, look in the mirror. It's and, a terrible taste in your mouth golly. to try to retire that way. Yeah. You, yeah, you don't want to retire with that much, you know, kind of regret on the table. Huh? Yeah, so it did sound like yeah. – and I only saw a couple of clips from the Kelsey podcast, but it did feel like he's, he's – Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Rethinking that, and he didn't, he didn't make a – and if he did make a hard, fast decision on Monday night, it wasn't – that was just emotion. He has a title change Anger, mind. frustration. All of it, because that was yeah. a you know, because that was that was a playoff game, and, and they didn't play with the intensity it's going to take to win a regular season game. Much you know, they did not pull, come to play in that game, and there's a lot of reasons that the Eagles are trying to figure out why. And what? Nick Sirianni may be at the crux. The defensive coordinator change, all those things. Same time, individually, Jason Kelsey's got to take some time and think about well, it. Well, and also, it's going to matter what happens, right? They may make a coaching change. Maybe they don't make a coaching change. Maybe they overhaul some of the assistants and coordinators. I think he also wants to see get some more clarity. Yeah, on I think, what the picture is going to look like for Philadelphia. Maybe he does want to tire because it's going to be an absolute, you know, fluster cluck. You, you don't know, ever right? want to make a decision like that in a real emotional state. I mean, this is where you give Jerry Jones a little bit of credit. Well, I'll give him credit. Yeah, I did. Jerry, I mean, I, we, we, yeah. Jerry Jones didn't act. You know what he wanted to do on Sunday night. <laughs> he wanted to do what all Cowboys fans wanted to do. Parking lot firing right yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, uh, don't come in the locker room. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he took his time, thought about it, and looked at all, and you know, I'm sure was told by the, 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 the brain trust, hey, Look at all these cap issues, who's going to run our offense, who we're going to hire, all the things we've talked about. There's a pragmatic look at it, and Jerry Jones did take his time and uh, the announcement. We'll get back into that coming up and uh, talk NFL. Look forward to the games and teams that are still playing, yep. including D'Amico Ryans and those Texans and uh, the other games of the weekend. Three of the games are pretty heavy favorites. Yeah. Closest game is the last game on Sunday. That's the uh, Bills and Chiefs. That's inside a field goal as far as Vegas goes. Everything else is a, a touchdown or more as far as uh, the favorites on their home fields. Yeah, I'm not sure if you're going to see. I mean, what, you got, uh, I think half of the games last week were upsets, ended up being, having upsets happen. Um, I'm not sure. Other than, like and, you said, and five kids, of the six were one-sided games. Like blowout kind yeah, of upsets. Yeah, really not, yeah. <laughs> not, not uh, real, well, a lot of drama yeah. in the end, and the only one was the Rams and, and Lions. There was plenty of that in that game. So we'll look forward to the weekend. does feel like the favorites are in a good place coming up, playing at home. But uh, right now, let's go behind the burnt orange curtain rod, a little Texas football conversation on the heels of the Texas basketball conversation. And they were all asking themselves the same questions. 
What is behind that curtain? Uh, just some real quick nuggets about the uh, Texas basketball loss last night to UCF. Uh, bench scoring is a major issue uh, for Texas. They had, what, seven points off the bench? Yes. I believe total. Well, remember, they made the lineup change, and IT Horton went into the starting lineup, and Brock Cunningham went to the bench to try to bring a spark off the bench, but mm. yeah, that didn't work very not, good. That, yeah, did not have the spark that they intended, I'm sure. So it is true. I got it from uh, Hook'em Headlines. Texas has dropped its first two home Big 12 games to unranked, unranked teams for the first time ever. This season is the first time Texas has ever dropped its first two home Big 12 games to two unranked opponents. And as you mentioned, they're about to start the gauntlet in the Big 12 because there are no nights off. So a lot of the concern about Texas basketball. We'll get back to that conversation. Um, but, yeah, we, we'll, we'll talk about some of the issues, but there are a lot of them, it seems. So they keep adding up defense is an issue. Bench scoring is an issue. Uh, turnovers are Turnovers are an issue. I mean, it just seems like right now leadership. I think maybe an issue with the team. So they got a lot of problems they got to solve. Uh, we'll get back to Texas basketball. Let's talk uh, Texas football for a second. Um, we've been talking about Coach Dwayne Aquina, and there still is no um, definitive news one way or another on Coach Aquina. But uh, there was some um, uh, an update yesterday because Arizona is hiring Brent Brennan. Uh, he left San Jose um, to, uh, to take over uh, in Tucson. He said this at a recent press conference. Um, he said, quote, I do think I have a decent commitment from Dwayne Aquino to continue to be part of this, which is exciting. Uh, just the teacher he is, the person he is, the leader he is. I'm excited about that. Decent commitment, which tells me still <laughs> it's not confirmed on Marion either. Because a decent commitment, I mean, if I told you, if you ask me, I mean, how's the food at that place? Oh, it's decent. What would you think? You're like, well, it's not that good then. <laughs> there's something better. Decent, yeah. It's like, there's obviously something better or you don't love it. It's like, no, it's decent. How does she look? Is she, is she pretty? No, oh, she's decent. Do you think that decent. comes from the Dwayne Aquinas side or is that coming from the uh, Brett Brennan side? I think it's coming from the Aquinas side more than anything. I think maybe he, he's still not all in either way. He doesn't either, either that the position they – and they haven't really detailed what the position they've offered. I'm sure it's a secondary coaching position, but I'm still don't know what it is in terms of the detail of it. I mean, well, it could be safety, it could be cornerbacks, whatever. I don't have detail on that. Um, I am efforting. Uh, and today I'll probably have some more information after the show. But that was interesting that he put out there. And I, I think it's intentional to say I have a decent commitment. Now, I mean, he could have said, I, you know, I have a commitment. He doesn't have a commitment, a decent commitment. I don't even know that. It's a great way of putting it, but I do think it gives us a little more information that he, it, either way, it's, it, it was trending one way for Texas. Now it's trending toward Arizona. Doesn't mean he can't trend back the other way uh, with the decent commitment. I'm, just, I'm not sure exactly what factor. What party is, is looking at decent? Uh, is yeah. Brett Brennan looking at other options? And yes, of, hey, great if point. If I can find something better, I'll come yes, back to you. That could be Or it. is it, you know, you know Dwayne Aquino looking at it saying, look, uh, much like we've seen at Alabama and Washington with Jed Fish moving to Washington, there's like 20-some players oh, into the portal. They had a bunch. They had like nine in like 30, a 30-minute 30 span. They had like nine players. So if you're, you're looking at it going, man, do I – this is – our, our roster is about to get gutted. <laughs> All the players that I want to coach are leaving. Yeah, uh, which is you know it's it's what the it's the state of college football right now. College yeah. athletics, uh, when a coach leaves at this point, it's you know everybody's going to jump in the portal. Alabama's you know, oh, Kalen DeBoer's dealing man. with it big time with it's a fire sale going. Golly, on. Golly, it is. All the great players. I told you guys the, the, the day it happened. I said, listen, 
we'll see which one of those guys went to play for Bama and which one of those guys went to play for Saban. I think it's pretty obvious now most of them went there to play for Nick Saban, period. And you know what? I don't blame them. No, not at all. <laughs> Nobody blames them for that. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. So, decent commitment. And like I said, tomorrow probably have more information if something doesn't end up breaking today, which it could. I mean, this thing is uh, it's pretty tenuous, so it could end up happening today. Who knows? But that is the uh, latest from the Arizona side with Brent Brennan uh, becoming the new Arizona head coach from uh, San Jose. Um, okay, so let's also get to um, – this is a story I saw at Yahoo Sports about the athletic department. So a shout-out to uh, Chris Del Conte and everyone at the athletic department for doing a great job. Texas athletic department revenue um, of – 2023 is was 271 million dollars apparently that is a a school record um 271 million in operating revenue during its 2023 fiscal year according to its new annual revenue and ad expenses um apparently that is a a uh, new record for ncaa schools <laughs> so uh when texas and i think that's a direct result of now all the athletic programs have been doing really good we talked about that but they've been waiting on football to have a breakout campaign and waiting on football to elevate now that football is elevated there's a good chance they're gonna man they're gonna keep the the cash train rolling uh no doubt about it because it said texas increased its revenue by nearly 32 million dollars over the total reported from 2022 for now, the new total stands as the largest single-year total since the NCAA began its uh, financial reporting system in 2005. There you go. Yeah. Ohio State was at 251.6 million in 2022. Uh, it said um, Oregon uh, reported. It said uh, it said two, but 270 uh, million. Um, they yeah. So it's just it yeah it. Right now, Texas, like I said, once the football program is now, if they can continue on this trend, uh, you're going to see a lot of straight cash, homie, rolling into the University of Texas. Been here before when Mac Brown did this, and we used to describe it as the uh, the spigots of water being turned on. When you get everything rolling in Texas, you turn on the spigots of water, and the money cash just flow. pours like, in. Like, like, <laughs> just pours in. It's like uh, like Scrooge McDuck, like uh, <laughs> we can swimming. Well, and I saw it in firsthand. I mean, there's a lot of examples of it. We went to uh, right before the uh, Sugar Bowl, the day of. We went to that Manning's event at Manning's Restaurant in New Orleans, yeah. and it was all a Texas One Fund NIL event, and it was packed yeah. from like noon until the kickoff. With it's Longhorn amazing. fans from all over the country, mm-hmm. um, and each and every one of them paid at least fifty dollars to get in. Uh, and probably donated more, more donated when they got more. in or whatever. Yeah, I mean they're probably. I mean I can't yeah. even estimate. The place is so large, uh, two stories, outdoor, indoor. Uh, a lot of Longhorn fans from yeah. you know all over the world. I described it as a, a revival. Yeah, a Longhorn it was. revival. It man. really was. It is. And what and, you what you do at a revival? Uh, you got to pass the collection plate. <laughs> yeah, hi, pr- praise the Lord, Amen. Pass that collection plate on. Everybody feeling good? Pass that collection plate on. Why everybody hey, feeling really good? Longhorn fans it on. are happy. Things are good. That's <laughs> yeah, they do. Longhorn fans are happy. They do. They give. They're, they're in a giving mood, and they're in a giving mood when they're playing. Their teams are playing really well, and it seems that in 2023, you guys were in a really giving mood because the Longhorns are playing really well. So I, I love that you said that. You can just turn on the faucet, and the cash flow, baby, just let it go. Yeah. You're right about that. That is a uh, so I, I'm with you. I think they'll continue to just break those records, and uh, it's going to continue to build better facilities, which is going to help them recruit players, and also the NIL, uh, I think, arms race that is happening in college football and college sports. Period. Um, I think Texas will continue to be at the forefront there um, with all of the uh, the great support from the BMDs, big money boosters and donors. So there you go. And you know this with uh, a lot of new. 
BMDs, new money donors that are oh, yeah. cropped up since the Longhorns were mm-hmm. good. I mean, you think about the That's span true. between the the ten year, twelve year yeah. run of mediocrity. There's a lot of uh, new that's wealth that's that, come online. That's a great point. That are now investing and in, in being a part of it, in addition to the old guard uh, yeah. that are back involved. So yeah, it's it's powerful, and uh, that's what uh, you're trying to tap into. And that's the frustrating part when it's not all together and aligned. You're like, oh man. What's happening? Well, why can't yeah. we get this thing together? Well, this maybe seems too may, easy. Maybe it all won't be because we don't know what basket, men's basketball is doing right now. So <laughs> maybe there's a couple of BBs, and outside, for the most part, everything's on track. We'll see if uh, Rodney Terry can get those guys uh, back focused because uh, right now. You, like, as much as we'll talk about trouble. Rodney Terry and uh, where it's at, you know, for Longhorn BMDs and the – that's a minor nuisance. Uh, yeah, yeah. College football. That's basketball. What's the NFL? You're right. What's, what's, what's Texas football was back on track. And they're producing NFL draft picks and everything. You're right. Big BMDs in a much better mood. Yeah, you're right. There's this <laughs> basketball you speak of, right? Yeah, let Rodney Terry. Give him some time. Give him some time. Love me some RT. See what he did last year? Took us the Elite Eight almost to Final Four until Ty started buying yeah. Final Four tickets at halftime. <laughs> Jinx the whole thing. That is true. That's a great point. Yeah, I haven't. We haven't had that happen around here in like 15 years. Texas football being really good. We can ride that for years. So yeah, a couple true. Of years. That know. is fine. It's a football school again. Finally, you good guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, behind the burn orange curtain. It's yeah, good Charlie Strong's right? a good guy. But they didn't care about that. They don't no, care. Your football no. coach is a good guy. As long as you got to win games there. Oh, the other sports, good guy. Hey, look, All right. look you man. Moment. Yeah. Uh, we report, you decide. You know what I'm saying? We're just talking Longhorns, and uh, we'll get into all of it. Looks like uh, Lifetime Longhorn Major Applewhite's about to get a new gig, Rod. Looks yeah, like South Alabama. Yeah, according to 24-7 Sports, South Alabama is expected to promote uh, Major to fill its vacant head coaching position there with the Jaguars. Applewhite served under the former head coach Kane Womack, who was hired to be the D.C. at Alabama. So good for him. Also, Rod, I mean, you know, we'll talk about this moving forward. We've got five hours. Uh, the fourth-rated player on the NCAA transfer portal is in Austin right now. Longhorns hosting Washington Huskies transfer cornerback Jabbar Muhammad, and he's here as we speak, mm-hmm. according to many reports. Came in yesterday for a visit, and he'll get to see 70 degrees today, Rod. So he came in a little cold yesterday. He'll get to see 70. He's from Texas, so he knows. He first, he's from DeSoto. Yeah, he's from yeah, DA, yeah, so he knows about it. And wasn't he at Oak? Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, out of DeSoto. Originally? Yeah. And yeah. Look, and the thing about uh, when you're playing at DeSoto, he was like the thir- he was a real good player. But on those DeSoto teams where Byron loaded. Murphy was yeah. the best player. Yeah, they're loaded, man. I mean, they, he was like the fifth best player on defense. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. oh, man, well, he's a good player. But then yeah. he ends up – and he was a you know developer. He went to, to Oak State for a couple of years, then off to Washington, and now we saw him in the Sugar Bowl. He's a really good player. He's a really good he player. he got an NFL skill set. Jamar Muhammad, of course, his cousin is Manny Muhammad, so I'm sure you know they spent some time – he knows a lot of – former DeSoto players and Duncanville and South Dallas players in that Longhorn locker room. So I'm sure there was some uh, catching up going on. Yeah, that's a luxury to have a guy like that. I mean, he would be a walk-in starter for you at corner, and I don't know, maybe both your corners end up being Muhammad's. (laughs) Uh, But Terrence Brooks is also a guy, you know, I think that – and I've said this before, and I got a quote actually from Terrence Brooks about it, and I've actually talked to his father uh, once before about it too because um, I was at a – basically a kind of a a coaching clinic with him, and – he he claims that he can play any position in secondary. I would cross train Terrence Brooks to potentially play that nickel position when Jade Barron leaves. Um, I'd cross train him, and I'd cross training all those guys. Jade Barron, Makuba can play multiple positions. So can Terrence Brooks. Muhammad's. If I get Jabbar Muhammad, the Muhammad's would be my corners, and I'd probably start cross training almost everybody else except for Gavin Holmes and the Muhammad's. Yep. That's All right. It. <laughs> we will uh, pick up those conversations. Good stuff behind the BOC. Back to the Texas football basketball situation. And Jerry Jones making it official. Mike McCarthy will return 
Uh, we'll get to all of that. That's disappointing for a lot of Cowboys fans, but was it the right move? We'll debate. It took him up with Ian Rodby. The Horn text line has moved. Join the conversation on the new Horn text line, 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Thursday on The Horn, 70 degrees today in Austin, Texas, after the uh, Arctic air of the last three days. Pretty pleasant, as a matter of fact. I mean, we had a little bit of uh, ice. You dealt with a little bit of slick streets on Monday, Rod. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's just cold. Just That's cold. Right. Just layer up. Killed some plants. Yeah, man. Layer up. That's all. Yeah. Don't be afraid of the cold. Uh, all right, so we're talking Texas hoops. We get um, what the facts. Rod, I'll say this. I think if as we went to the timeout, we are talking about man, um, Jabbar Muhammad visiting Texas, who mm-hmm. is uh, seen as the best cover corner and corner in the portal right now. Uh, played at Washington last year. You know, if, they, if the Longhorns were to get a commitment from him, and we don't know that's going to happen, he's here, but he's going to go to Alabama after this, according to the reports, to visit uh, where Kalen DeBoer, his coach from Washington, is now at Alabama. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Texas seems like a better spot. Right now. Well, I'll just say this. Got, got, all the Alabama guys are leaving to come to Texas. Why are you going to go to Alabama? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this isn't a fact yet, but I will predict it as a fact. If they, I mean, even if they don't, but they land Manny Muhammad, and I know they're in on a couple more tight end portal prospects, the kid yeah. from Stanford and mm-hmm. Alabama. Nyblack. Uh, Amari Nyblack, who apparently is a target as well, may be here this weekend as part of a big junior day Texas is having. Yeah. Because, um, the, you know, the Longhorns are going to start the season preseason number one, Rod. That would be my prediction. Mm, you're right about it, especially depending on what happens with Michigan and Jim Harbaugh and everything. Yeah. I mean, Georgia, Georgia might have something Georgia to say about that. Georgia would be too. Georgia might have something Carson to say Beck about that. Carson Beck returning and Kirby yeah. Smart, and they haven't seen much attrition at Georgia, yeah. and they're really good. So Georgia, and they, got, they got a mat on. Yeah, <laughs> Georgia might be the only other one, but you're right. I agree I mean, with you. If they get Jabbar Muhammad, yeah, because they, you know, the the big holes left by a lot of attrition leaving. I'm not saying this is that they are the best team in the country. I'm just talking about how how preseason polls go. Yeah, you're bringing back Quinn Ewers and a veteran offensive line, and the biggest holes you had from people leaving were you, you know, seemingly filled through the portal with productive players at corner and safety and pass rush and receiver, tight end, yeah, there's not a lot of holes. I mean, you would likely be preseason one or two, yeah. uh, which means the expectations start way up here, which is a good thing for the Texas program. The biggest hole for Texas uh, is going to be the interior defensive line. It's crazy that te- you go from having the best interior D-line in the country the last two years to that being the weakest area on your team. But there's no doubt it's going to be the weakest area on their team. They don't have a D-line coach yet. Uh, they're waiting, and it seems like maybe they are trending toward getting an NFL guy. Uh, just talking about the Texans, so Rod Wright might be that guy because they they usually have to wait on their NFL season to be done before you can bring in a guy like that, uh, if that is the case. But you don't have bodies, and you can't recruit more bodies in the transfer portal until you bring in a D-line coach. That's a hard sell. And then you have the time clock is now narrowing down on you uh, because, or it seems to be winding down on you because the school is starting. So you're going to wait till the next transfer portal window to find you more de- interior D linemen, which could be a blessing in disguise because you need to find a coach and you also need to figure out what you have in that interior D line right now. And you just don't get interior D linemen in the portal like that. I mean, you don't. You don't. Not a lot of, not a lot of line play in the portal. I talked to Bobby Burton about this. He had a great theory. It's because of NIL because they don't pay a lot of linemen. That's why Texas Pancake Factory and all that is really. But you don't. You guys are going to the portal to get their market value. All right, to see what their market value is to get more NIL dollars. 
nobody really pays linemen like that. All the guys that are getting the dollars are the skill positions and the quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, um, you know, they're trying to do what they can where they are. And those are hard to find. Those are those, yeah. you know, those big bodies like that. I mean, Devondre Sweat at 6'4", 360, those are uncommon. They're rare they're, anyway. They're athletic. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're a rare, be- rare breed anyway, to begin but. with. And uh, you're trying to find them. You know, Byron Murphy next to him. You're right. Um, now, they do have Alfred Collins. That was a big – as far as, like, the four Longhorns who could have gone to the NFL that came back, I think that's also part of why Texas will have such high expectations next year because Quinn Ewers could have gone. He's back. Um, you know, David Benda, linebacker, could have gone and moved on somewhere else. He's back. Uh, Alfred Collins could have tried his hand in his back. You know, th- these are these are important players for Texas that are coming back to provide. And, and obviously, Jade Barron, as we've talked about, those four players uh, really bring veteran leadership. But, yes, defensive tackle, talking about Alfred Collins, Vernon Broughton, Sadir Mitchell, who would be a second-year player out of uh, New Jersey. You know, those are your core. You also remember, if it doesn't get addressed here in, in the uh, – you know, the month of January, there is the spring portal, Rod. It looks like they got to wait till the next portal yeah, until they is, get a D-line coach, yeah, and then they'll vet, yeah. vet and evaluate so the players not, they have already. Yeah, you still yeah. can, can – can, can, and, and you don't want to take a player and evaluate – you know, don't just want to take somebody to take somebody. Yeah. Sark and the staff have been very deliberate about that. Uh, we're, we're, we won't panic. Uh, and But they will be much better in coverage next year, Rod, you think. Faster at linebacker, potentially, and really good on the edges, potentially, with, with the additions and then the growth of young guys. Yep. So, uh, which, you know – they were their strongest up the middle last year, right at the point, uh, but uh, maybe better on the edges and speed-wise and just coverage-wise next year, which every you can't fill every hole every year. Yep. Uh, Rod, what do you have in uh, what the facts, my friend? Uh, NBA stat here. The oh average margin of victory in January is up almost three points over the average since 2000. So I don't know if you've been watching a lot of NBA. Uh, Ty may be watching some just because, uh, well, he's a betting man, but usually he said he wasn't betting this much, but uh, – the NBA early on, uh, you're getting a lot more, uh, say, uh, getting a lot more lopsided games, I should say, than usual. There's a margin of victory. That's basically what that stat says. Yeah, and the, which would lead to the product isn't that great right now. Like even last night, you had the Milwaukee Bucks playing, and I think they played without Giannis last night, but they played Cleveland and they got beat by 50. It was 135 to 95 or 40. I mean, that's not even close. That's ugly. I mean, I, I mentioned in the headlines, it's kind of a joke, the fun stuff, but the Rockets, Mavericks, and uh, Spurs all went on the road last night and got smashed. Like, got molly rolled. <laughs> I mean, and how about this for the NBA? They put the uh, Lakers-Mavericks game on ABC. That was on ABC last night with LeBron. And, uh, and the Lakers that. crushed the Mavericks. Man, I didn't even realize wasn't that even it was on ABC, yeah. Wasn't even real good. Um, you know, Rockets lost by 20, Spurs, and they were all playing good teams. I mean, the Spurs lost in Boston to the really good Celtics. So, yeah, there seems to be some really good teams and then some really bad teams. But even Milwaukee is supposed to be a real good team, and they didn't, weren't even competitive in Cleveland last night. Uh, so, yeah, not, 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 not great uh, as far as a product goes in the NBA right now. Because this is the time of year where, where football fans are starting to look for something they else. Start, yeah, because it's less football on. Yeah, <laughs> so you got, not much football. Yeah, you got more time on your hands to watch some sports, start checking out the NBA, start checking out some college basketball. And, I don't know, NBA hasn't been as compelling just yet. I think it will get better, though. Well, you hope. Uh, because, they're, again, there's really good teams, some really bad teams, and that leads to a bad product a lot of times uh, in the NBA. Hey, hey, we told you this yesterday, but Bears repeating and what the facts on the way to the top of the hour. Uh, but we, we told you late in the show, in 10 o'clock hour yesterday. But uh, uh, Amazon, Rod, Amazon, uh, this is a fact now. They have acquired a minority stake in Diamond Sports Group. That's the group, the regional sports network. They own the Bally's mm-hmm. group, which, oh, yeah. you know, if we're in the state of Texas and you're a Ranger fan or a Mavericks fan, Spurs fan, um, you know, stars in hockey, 
Well, Amazon is acquiring that. The regional sports network who filed for bankruptcy last year, well, now, according to this deal, this is going to keep Diamond Sports Group from having to, to go bankrupt. And there may be a deal where you're able to watch your Ranger games on Amazon Prime. Nice. And you're, you know, you're, this doesn't affect the Astros because they're AT&T Sportsnet, but it, we'll see if something happens there. But uh, the ability to watch Spurs games and others uh, through, through, through Amazon. Live sports, man. Everybody's Streaming. trying to get into it. Yeah, they want to get into it, man. New entertainment ecosystem. Live sports is a cash cow. Yeah, it is. It's, even, you know, on a national level, you're looking for those college football games that draw a ton of eyeballs. Uh, you know, NFL games that draw mm-hmm. are the biggest TV shows of the week. But on a regional basis, you know, Ranger games do great. Oh, Ranger Spurs, Spurs games kill it. Yeah, with Wemby, Astros yeah. games. I mean, I tune, I, I've i kept DirecTV for yep. years just to keep the Astros because yep. I want to watch the games during the summertime. Right. Uh, so, yeah, for, for fans of a team, that's a regional thing, too. You tune in, you lock it in, you're going to be there at 7 o'clock to watch the first pitch, and here we go. Uh, There's a lot of games, too. A lot NBA of games. And Major League Baseball, a lot of games, man. Yeah, that's what, a lot of content. Sports is there, live sports. You still watch it live. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby, one hour down, five to go.